and welcome to Pandemic Mama, the podcast that brings you honest conversations about having a baby during COVID-19 times. I'm Irena Gonzalez, a journalist, new mom, and your host. This is episode 24, and today I'm talking with Nancy Sanchez. She is a stay-at-home mom of five girls. You heard that right, five kids. Wow. We talked about her induction on the day after the pandemic was announced last year, how up and down the fourth trimester was, and how it's been difficult to enjoy this past year. Ugh. Plus, why homeschooling was the right choice for her and her girls this year. So stay tuned after the break. But first, if you want to connect with fellow parents going through the craziness of having a baby in 2020 and 2021, please join the Pandemic Mama Podcast Facebook group by searching for Pandemic Mama Podcast or head to facebook.com slash groups slash Pandemic Mama Pod. Thanks. I'm here today with Nancy Sanchez. Thanks for being here, Nancy. She is a stay-at-home mom of five, and they're all girls. Oh my gosh, congrats. Thank you. So, um, well, let's get started with sort of my typical first question to everybody, which is where were you in your like pregnancy and parenting journey when um, the World Health Organization officially declared this a pandemic on March 11th? I was one day from being 39 weeks with baby number five. Wow. And we had a scheduled induction the following day on the 12th. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. So how did the induction go? So our check-in and everything went as normal. And then I'd say slowly as we progressed and started, you know, Pitocin and everything, everybody seemed really frazzled. Uh, It wasn't Mm. my typical experience. You can tell that the nurses and the staff, everybody was their minds were somewhere else. Everybody was definitely on alert, almost like apocalyptic. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, halfway, th- halfway through, they, you know, came in and let us know that they weren't sure if my husband was going to even be allowed to stay or if he would have to go because people were no longer being allowed into the hospitals. Wow. They said that halfway through your induction? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So it definitely made me extremely nervous, even more so, right? <laughs> Wow. So, so what ended up happening? How long were you in the hospital for? We continued with the induction because, you know, we, we were already in with the Pitocin and everything. Our nurse had told us that I was lucky that I came in at 10 a.m. because had I come in even an hour or so later, they would have canceled it uh, just because of the state of things. But my husband mm-hmm. ended up staying through my labor uh, and then because we weren't going to be able to bring my girls in to meet their baby sister. Uh, He left and then I stayed until my time in the hospital was up. We tried checking out early, but they wouldn't let the baby check out. Um, Just me. So I stayed with her, obviously. Did they say why they wouldn't? Uh, I hear in mass hospitals closed down to anybody that was non-essential, no visitors. Uh, And this is the point in time, because it was right when everything began, that they weren't even sure if they were going to be allowing uh, allowing spouses in. Um, Mm -hmm. So for us, he was already in. So he stayed with me through my labor and delivery. And then the moment he had to go home, they weren't letting people come back in and out. Wow. So were you in the hospital for like a day or two, basically, by yourself with the baby? Yeah, I ended up staying... uh, because we delivered early evening, 
I ended up staying two nights at the hospital because it still was a vaginal birth. But yeah, it was just me and her, which uh, my other daughters didn't get that experience to come into the hospital and, you know, meet their baby sister like they had with their other baby sisters. So that was really sad because we kind of had a whole plan like usual, but Mm -hmm. we FaceTimed, which is not the same, but it was definitely, I think, more nerve wracking for me just because everything was happening and we were so unsure of the world at that point in time that I really wanted to just check out and come home. Yeah, yeah. I bet that's a common feeling. I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of us wanted to not be in the hospital all that long, you know, I'm sure that's still the feeling now too. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a feeling like a a safe place. It definitely was anything but at that moment in retrospect, just feeling it, you know? Mm -hmm. How does this compare to your other uh, birth experiences? This was my worst one. This was my fifth birth, (laughs) as you know, and I'd say if I compare them to all, this is one that I don't look back on fondly. Like I mentioned at the beginning, the nurses really were, you know, they're human. They were frazzled, um, definitely in a different state of mind to the point that even during like my nursing shift, people weren't as attentive as usual. Um, I keep my placentas and it's like, Mine was left on the counter and I'm like, my husband have, had to keep reminding them like, hey, that has to go get refrigerated. That has to go get refrigerated. Um, it's just like mm-hmm. everybody, everybody was just afraid, honestly, because of the unknown, I'd say more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Um, I think I think a lot of us felt that, you know, both as moms and as, you know, I'm sure healthcare professionals in the first few weeks and months. I mean, and you were literally like, I mean, God, like the day, <laughs> like, when it was, it was horrible. And and <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. literally, you know, it's like when you're, you know, getting checked to see how far you're dilated. And then she's like, well, just to let you know, <laughs> nobody else can come in. Yeah. So what happened once you actually got home? Like, obviously, your plan of, of how the girls, you know, met their younger sister didn't work out. But how did, um, how did it happen in the end? So they ended up coming to pick me and the baby up. So I, my husband couldn't even come up to help me like carry my bags down mm-hmm. and the baby in the car seat. So I had to like lug everything down looking like a crazy lady with all these bags plus a car seat <laughs> to meet them mm-hmm. outside because of all the new protocols that they had, they had put in place. Um, you know, I ended up coming out. They were all waiting for me in the car, which is really nice. Um, and they got to just peek at her in the car seat for a little bit before we got home. Uh, and then once we got home, we lined them all up <laughs> on the couch in order so that they would each hold her for a little bit, <laughs> which is nice. Oh, yeah, that's that's really sweet. That that must be at least a, a nice little memory, even if not what you would have wanted. Yeah, it was definitely a, a cute. It was to some extent, it was like a nice silver lining in, in the sense that because we got to keep the world out we got to bond with the baby so much more, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't like typically with the other ones right after birth, you have the grandparents come in aunts and uncles and everybody wanting to see the baby. And this time because of COVID uh, nobody came by, you know, nobody came to see us because she was so new um, that the moment anybody saw her was literally through the window or 
you know, on a FaceTime call or later on Zoom. <laughs> mm-hmm. So her sisters definitely became her first little world. Aww. And it worked as entertainment. <laughs> I will say that <laughs> since the girls were stuck at home <laughs> with right. no school and no anything, it they at least had a new baby and something to like fawn over. So that was really good. Yeah. That definitely saved us in those moments of boredom. <laughs> yes. You mentioned, um, you know, before we started recording that school shut down basically like right around the time you got home with the new baby. Yeah. I gave birth on Thursday evening. Uh, I could send my girls to school that morning and a neighbor brought them home because it was going to be a half day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother-in-law was here with my other two uh, with my other two girls and we had kept them home from school that Friday anyways um, because it would just be too hard to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then we got an email over that weekend saying that the governor had decided to close the schools for three weeks. So their, the baby's birthday was the last day they went to school. Wow. Wow. Is that still true? Are they still at home right now? (laughs) Yep. My daughters are actually being homeschooled this year. Oh, okay. Well, I'd love to hear about that, but let's, uh, let's get to that in a little bit. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the baby and just like that transition. Um, you know, obviously there is that silver lining that nobody, you know, nobody had to come over and, and kind of distract you guys. Um, so that must have been nice, but how how did you deal with all of it, you know, emotionally? Because I, I'm sure it must have been stressful not to have as much support as maybe you're used to. I'd say my village is pretty small in general. My husband and I, both of our parents are still employed. So we don't have any like retired grandparents that have all this extra time yet. But I will say it was the first, my husband was laid off because of COVID. So he was home for that entire month at the beginning and he's never been home right after birth. He's usually home like for three days and then he's back to work and it's like me in the trenches with the girls. <laughs> um, so that was great. I'm like, I, I had a month of him being home so he can also help, you know, with not the baby, but with the, <laughs> with baby, with baby number four at that time, uh, just to help me put her down for a nap so that I can still nurse the baby. But it was a huge help to have that. And, um, you know, we had neighbors like, you know, drop off dinner or send over pizza. And that was really nice and helpful. Although they weren't physically here, they, there was definitely some help thrown our way, which was nice. Yeah, that's that's really lovely. At least you have um, somewhat of a community, even, in a, even if people couldn't, you know, physically come over. So that must have been nice. How old are the other girls, if you don't mind me asking? At nine, seven, five, three, and the baby's coming up on her first birthday on March twelfth. Right. Um, gosh, that that must be incredible. Uh, well, can I can I ask? Like, are you guys like how has this past year been? Maybe that's too big of a question, but I'd love to just hear you know how the adjustments have been through, you know, spring and summer, and and as you've kind of you know just gone through it all. I think there's been good, bad, and okay (laughs) days. Um, I'd say spring and summer, um, spring and summer were much better, right? Because here in Mass, the weather was better. We were able to get out more and the girls were able to burn energy. We went from having activities every single day except Wednesday, which was the day that we grocery shopped, (laughs) uh, to like stopping and having no activities 
And that for us was such a huge shift, you know, because we were always go, 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 go. It didn't matter if there was a new baby that joined the crowd. It was like you just hop in and keep going. Mm. And then with this baby, because of because of COVID, everything literally stopped. There was no gymnastics. There was no ballroom dancing. There was no, you know, anything. Um, but in the spring and the summer, you know, right after I gave birth, I was one of those crazy moms, like buying a trampoline. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do to help you burn energy because <laughs> I can't take you anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got them a trampoline right before they like skyrocketed in price. <laughs> um, I had my husband build that and threw it in my yard, <laughs> you know, and then like here, you know, those little above ground pools, uh, ordered one of those mm-hmm. at an astronomical price <laughs> again just to have something to do but you know at least they were able to be out and doing things even if it wasn't our norm but i'd say you know it, we also had on the flip side of that like you know we went through some financial uncertainty my husband works at an asphalt plant and when the state would go through certain shutdowns he couldn't work you know mm-hmm. They 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 weren't building anything here at, at that time, so that was a little nerve wracking. Just because it's like, oh no, our family just became even bigger, mm. and now we don't know what's going on. And I'd say I had postpartum depression uh, with one of my other daughters, and I think with this one, because everything was so different, um, this postpartum experience was you know I had lots of highs and lows where I felt like I couldn't enjoy, you know, my fourth trimester, let's say. But then at the same time, like I could enjoy it even more because it was just us. I don't know if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it was great to be in our bubble because we got to spend more time together and all that was beautiful. But at the same time, then there were days that it became just too much. It's like there's there was no, you know, there was no break because we no longer had activities. They were no longer in school. So it wasn't like I could say, I can look forward to, all right, I know I have two hours to myself or even two hours with just one or two of you. It literally became 24 hours, seven days a week, not one break. So it just, you know, it's like burnout. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That must've been, I mean, really stressful considering that there was also, you know, a brand new baby, like you said, and and you're in your fourth trimester healing and all that. And, and just, I mean, the craziness. Yeah. Lots of days with tears for no reason. Absolutely. (laughs) Maybe still some ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, I think a lot of us uh, had, had plenty of tears this past year. That's for sure. Definitely. So how did your girls adjust to, you know, being big sisters while also all of this crazy world stuff happening? Oh, they absolutely, they love babies. If it was up to them, I would just be a birthing factory. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't complain or I wouldn't have this many in that regard. They really do love one another and depend on one another in in such a beautiful way. And they have a great bond that I wish I would have had with my own siblings. Mm. Um, So they adjusted great. I mean, they, they're all about each other and the baby kind of she literally now that she's almost one and showing her personality she just fits in perfectly (laughs) you know she's as loud as they are sometimes as crazy as they are you know Mm -hmm. definitely 
a little unstoppable hurricane, but yeah, she fit right in. I will say during this, I've never been happier to have this many children. They always had a play date. They always can play with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's um, that's definitely helpful, especially that they love each other. Because I've, I've definitely heard stories from friends of, you know, having mm-hmm. to keep their kids apart because sometimes there's fights and just like all the craziness that comes with that, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a coin with <laughs> you never know where it's going to land. But yeah, I'd say this year, uh, I think because they had to rely on each other and they knew like, you know, they weren't hanging out with friends anymore. They've grown to love each other a lot more. That's great. So, um, all right. So let's get back to homeschooling. I'm very curious to hear about how you tackled that. I mean, so you, so you basically came out of the fourth trimester, you know, in the summer and then in the fall decided to homeschool your baby, your kids and, and the babies. I mean that like, I, to be honest, I I'm a mom of one and I'm just like, I can't even imagine five, much less homeschooling them in this like insane situation that we've got going right now. Oh my God. Lots of coffee, <laughs> lots of wine, <laughs> but, um, no. So I actually decided, um, on homeschooling in the late spring mm-hmm. because I don't function just me personally, I don't function with all the uncertainty where our school districts here, um, it went by district and and our district wasn't deciding what they were doing. You know, we made it, they didn't go back until September 21st. And I, that just wasn't going to work for me. I was like, I need to make a decision and I need to stick with this so that we know what we're doing because the kids here have been technically in, they started remote. Then they went hybrid where they were going two days on, three days off, and we're doing three days remote. And because of the cases going up and down, there was a point where they were technically hybrid, but they were remote for three months. So I was like, not knowing our schedule like that just wasn't going to work. It just, because there's so many, living on a schedule really helps us just function that I was like, no, I'm just, we withdrew them. I did a bunch of research. I joined a bunch of different like homeschooling groups just to get some information and talk to other moms. And we picked our curriculums and we figured, you know, we're going to do our best. It may not be the best, but it's the best that we're going to do. And I figured they can't, they can't get any worse than what's happening anyways. Mm. (laughs) It's like what, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. I'm like, they'll be okay. They're going to be successful adults in whatever they choose to be in the future. I don't think one year is going to damage them. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm just curious, like, how does that like work logistically? Cause everyone's such different ages and then you've got like, you know, the little one, like three-year-old and, and the baby. So what do you, like, how do you, how do you work? Are the older girls more independent, you know, and, and like when you're putting the other, the, like the younger ones down for naps and everything. So I'd say, my oldest can be really independent. She's nine. The only issue is um, she also struggles with some learning disabilities. So even though she can be independent, she does need a lot of help uh, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But what we ended up doing is we we start as a group in the morning with everybody, even the little ones being included. Mm-hmm. And my big girls will even help me with the little ones. You know, they'll they'll help with the little ones in the sense of, you know, they'll read to them. And at the same time, by them reading to their siblings, it's also helping get their reading time in, Mm -hmm. which is helpful. (laughs) Um, 
But no, if we do math, I will, you know, if I do math with my older one because her math is different, I'll make sure that that's when my second one needs to be doing reading. Mm-hmm. And then I will set up, it's it's crazy. I will set up like a sensory activity for, ba- for, for number three and four. And then the baby's just kind of crawling all around <laughs> doing whatever she could do or just attached at the hip. I'll just throw her on my back. <laughs> but thankfully they... They've learned to be flexible, you know, mm-hmm. and our day may not look like a typical school day in the sense that it's not going to be like an eight to two. You know, we may do math and reading in the morning and then have a break and then maybe do geography and social studies in the afternoon. We'll break it up to still get our hours in, but just in a way that works for us. So then we're not, you know, getting mad at one another because people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Because we'll definitely have days where it's just like, okay, it's not working. So if it's not working, then we take a break. (laughs) Take a break and then just come back, you know, grab a snack, do something that makes you feel good, and then come back to it. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I actually have a really good friend here in Florida where I live who has been homeschooling from the beginning. And, and, you know, she's, she's kind of saying like, it's so, it's so much easier to homeschool in a lot of ways because, you know, you can set your schedule and because you can, like you said, take a break in the middle of the day if like, you know, someone's fussy or frustrated or, or something's not working and it really gives you a lot more flexibility. And it sounds like, you know, for your family that you've really thrived with having this kind of flexibility, but also routine where you kind of get to decide what works and what doesn't versus like having to depend on you know, like you said, the school system, which can't make up their minds and is always changing depending on what's happening. Yeah, I will say it's also great that during the week, if you want to like get up and go to the zoo, you know, I can go during the weekday. I can choose to go in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not crowded. We can just be and then come home and do work. That also feels good because then they get tired out a little bit that they're okay with doing some academic work in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Um I mean, you know, I think uh, I think for a lot of people that homeschool, like going to the zoo is even like considered part of their schooling, right? Because there's so much you can learn just by going to places like the zoo. Yeah, I I will say I definitely like the flexibility of like Mm -hmm. just learning with the environment around you. I think once things are back to normal and they're going to be back to school full time, I, I will be sending them back. I love them. But, you know, they miss their friends. Mm -hmm. They miss that type of routine. And I think think a huge part is since it's not like homeschooling is something that we wanted to do from the start. It kind of just fell on our laps. I think they miss that mom is just mom relationship, if that makes any sense. And I'm looking forward to that, too. And we've cut out. Sorry about that. So we had some technical difficulties while taping this episode, as you probably just heard, and had to stop and start again the next day. It's a little awkward, and the section is a bit fuzzy because a few minutes got deleted. But when we start up again next, I asked Nancy about how she has been slowly getting back to normal with her daughters, and it's definitely something worth listening to. The rest of our conversation is just as good, if not better, than the last. So here we go. My oldest has been dancing ballroom for close to five years now, and... Eventually, that thankfully started, it went from virtual to back in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a huge lifesaver because she goes twice a week for an hour or so each day. And her sister started going with her. So it gave us a little bit, you know, 
a sense of something being normal. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> yeah, it gave us our sanity back, even if it was just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It got us out of the house, and I can't think, you know what I mean? I'm so thankful to get out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, that's so interesting. Can I ask how she got into ballroom dance? I know, right? <laughs> it's such a random, it's not ballet, it's not. Um, one of my mom friends used to dance when she was younger, and she had her son here, and she started looking into it, and she wrote him up, and she's like, hey, why don't we give it mm-hmm. a go? I had no idea what it was. And we did it, and my daughter loved oh, it. wow. Yeah, she's been competing in it and everything. She dances everything from tango to foxtrot to jive and all these dances that I could never do. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So it must have been really hard for her when when all of that, I guess, went away or went virtual at least. Oh, yeah. I mean, the virtual classes, God bless them. I, I know they were doing what they mm-hmm. could, but it just was not the mm-hmm. same. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so interesting, though. The the ballroom dance is such a fun activity. What other things um, have you girls been doing lately? I mean, I guess a lot of it is at home. It is uh, still, but um, they still do Girl Scouts. It's virtual meetings, but the mom that runs it is amazing. She like drops off things for them to do, which is oh. nice. And I will say it's been a ton of Play-Doh and painting and any craft activity that I can get my hands on that is in like the bargain Mm -hmm. bin. I'm all for it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, the days that it's snowed, tons of snow play. Anything to burn some energy. (laughs) How is the the baby, the youngest one joining in on all that? It's incredible. I swear the more kids you have, the faster they grow or their brain just develops so Mm -hmm. much quicker. She does not fall behind. Like she just follows them everywhere. Um, when she was seven and a half months, she grabbed one of those little like else chairs and she was walking around with the chair using it as a wow. walker. Um, she climbs everything mm-hmm. and loves everything that she should not be loving. <laughs> I mean, obsessed with dog food. I have to cover oh, the dog food yeah. because she's obsessed. But no, she like if they're dancing, she, you know, jumps and joins in. It's great. And also they just... I mean, the oldest will carry her around and they'll play mm. with her. They'll stick her in a little doll stroller and totally pretend she's oh. a doll. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, she loves it. Mm. Yeah. Loves the yeah. attention. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, it's it's probably pretty fun being the baby. Is it? Um, well, I guess I, I got to ask, is it tougher for the fourth one who's like, uh, I'm sure was used to being the baby herself? Yes. Oh. Um, she just in her personality as a whole she's shy with anybody that's not in our immediate family like even facetiming with grandparents she's just not about it oh she will hide but um she was she she's good at like sharing which mm-hmm. i think is great she's definitely still very much attached but she's good at sharing with the baby which is nice mm-hmm. it definitely took her a little bit to get there mhm yeah, it's interesting. Um, once their personalities start showing through, too, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're it's incredible how everybody could be raised in the same house and end up completely different. <laughs> yeah, it it really is. Um, it's funny. My husband and I talk a lot about you know, as our baby, he's 11 months today, and I'm like, I can't, I can't quite tell what is you know a personality thing right now or like what is just like i don't know him being a baby or whatever so it'll mm-hmm. it'll be interesting i think once he grows up 
but I'm sure you're really good at telling at this point. I just feel like when they're little, it's like everything is their survival instinct, right? Uh-huh. To reach for something that they want or, but mm-hmm. no, personality, I'd say definitely you're right at, the, you're right around the range where I feel like you can start noticing some of their little traits and mannerisms mm-hmm. and things. What have you noticed in the, in the youngest so, so far? Oh my God, perseverance and determination mm. uh, like no other. Hmm. Just will not take a no. <laughs> I mean, she finds her way around and she figures things out really quickly. Mm-hmm. And she, her sisters were definitely not like that. Oh, interesting. Huh. I wonder if some of that, do you think some of that is like just because of the pandemic and because she just like has to be home and doesn't really have a choice and she's just kind of a fighter? I don't know. You know, I hadn't thought about it, but Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, she literally, my husband's constantly saying like, she better be amazing at sports because (laughs) she literally, um, you know, will create some kind of barricade. And when you least notice, she has figured out her way around it. Um, And she's just literally, she creates things to climb Mm -hmm. because she's like, well, if nobody's going to help me, I'm going to help myself. Wow. I will also say that, like, because we we haven't really taken her anywhere out yet mm-hmm. beyond, like, the zoo. When she's out, she's much more, like, how can I explain it? She definitely, like, shudders a little bit at the world around her. It's, like, mm-hmm. definitely overstimulation mm-hmm. versus my other kids at, at around this age. They didn't get overstimulated as easily, mm-hmm. you know, maybe when they were super younger, but she definitely is still gets overstimulated really huh that's mm-hmm. interesting yeah i mean i i do wonder if that's a pandemic thing because like you said she just hasn't been out in a lot of places yet yeah definitely i mean i, I mean I, this, the, with the mask i'm like i wonder what she thinks mm. you know mm-hmm. she must be like oh that's just what everybody looks like <laughs> <laughs> oh my my baby just like takes masks off. He's so like, uh, like, I don't know. It's such a little daredevil. I don't know if he just like, doesn't like them. Um, but yeah, like whenever, you know, we're, if we, I mean, the very rare occasions where, yeah, we've gone out to go somewhere or he's like met a relative that we felt safe coming over with a mask. Like he just like goes and tries to take it off and we're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. He's probably like, what? Who? Who is under there? I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did have someone the other day wondering if, like, their baby is, like, just kind of experiencing um, some separation anxiety and stuff like that. And, um, you know, that they felt that their baby just had, uh, you know, like, that separation anxiety that happens around eight months, um, that it was mm-hmm. just, like, happening sooner, earlier, and that kind of thing. And, and they were kind of like, oh, I feel like, you know, that that is just like an earlier thing. I wonder if because you have so many, you're not, you're not really experiencing that. I think in that regard, I, I, I don't think she ever felt lonely. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, she was able to socialize because she had so many siblings. Right. Cause I always do think about, I'm like, you know, had I been a first time mom and gave birth during this, I wonder just socialization is so key at this age, right? Mm -hmm. We're learning our social cues and things like that. Mm -hmm. I always wondered that even with like the mask wearing, Mm -hmm. um, I always wondered like if she, when she has met 
any relative, I'm like, I wonder if she can pick up on their social cues that like, you know, that they were trying to be friendly mm-hmm. or show some kind of, you know, love. I, I will say she definitely, you know, looks at your eyes a lot hmm. because when we're out, if I'm, I baby wear, so I'll throw her in a sling or in a wrap mm-hmm. or something. And even though I'm wearing a mask, she tried taking it off a couple times at the beginning. Now she just doesn't even get phased by it but she definitely like it's all about the eyes Mm -hmm. yeah that's so interesting um yeah i didn't even i didn't even think of that yeah i mean i i definitely agree about the social cues though that's i think that's something that a lot of us have thought about um you know like and struggle with when like you said like when they do on the rare occasion that they might meet a relative you know with a mask or that kind of thing it is it it is concerning right like if they know um you know because so much of what we read are smiles, right? And like our, yeah. you can't see, you can't see any, any part of a smile under, under a mask. And it's not like frowning, right? Where like your eyes are s- such a big yeah. part of it. Smiles are, I mean, obviously your eyes do smile, but it's not quite as big of an impact. It's not as prominent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially at this age, I would think what I did do for her siblings, which my husband thinks it's so weird, but I found it helpful is get those masks that, are clear in the mouth area. I know they don't uh. look as cool, mm-hmm. but um, but when her if her sisters are around and they're smiling at her when we're out, I'm like, you can still see. Oh, okay. Their mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Granted, my husband thinks they look like aliens, but oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm like, you can at least still see their mouth. You know, yeah. she can at least still understand their interactions with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny. Cause this is like, that's definitely one of those um, pandemic problems, right? Like where you're yeah. just trying to figure out how to best interact with your baby and, and, and make sure that they, you know, at the end of the day, they feel safe, right? Because so much of socialization yeah. and just being with your baby and smiling at them is just about them being safe and feeling safe in, in the world as little creatures that can't really control much of anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but you know how postpartum and like this whole fourth trimester is tends to already be isolating, right? We're just kind of trying to get our feet under us again after giving birth. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when the whole pandemic, it just, I felt like it made it that much lonelier when it, you know, it's usually already a little lonely. Um, it definitely switched gears and made it that much lonelier, I feel like for me. Yeah, that's, that's hard. Did you, did you feel like um, your friendships suffered? Like your, your friendships with other moms or anything like that? Or was it just that you couldn't get support from the outside world? Maybe a little bit of both. I will say my daughters, uh, we have a neighbor across the street Mm -hmm. and their way of playing in the height of this, right? When school first closed down and it was like the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. My daughters would play in our yard. Mm-hmm. And we have a very tiny front yard. I mean, minimal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, they'd play in the front just so that our neighbor across the street, when she was playing, they would like create dances and mimic them for one another. They would do dance competitions from Aww. across the street. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole street in between screaming at the top of their lungs. <laughs> I'm sure the other neighbors loved it. But it was their way of still seeing a friend. But our other friends, we they bunkered down. So then we just stopped seeing them. 
And, right. you know, at first we would communicate and just to get ideas and ooh, how to keep the kids entertained or, you know, at the beginning when it was like the zoos were doing all these different programming for free and the libraries where everything was going mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. So just doing those things together, but you know, it's definitely not the same human interaction that you get from in person. So it just was different. Mm-hmm. So how was, you know, in particular, the fourth trimester, do you feel like you recovered like, was the physical recovery harder or was it just the loneliness and not being able to connect with others? You know, the, I guess the, what is it? The emotional recovery, right? Emotionally, I think I went through tons of ups and downs. And I, I, I think with the pandemic, I just kept thinking like, oh my God, if something were to happen to my husband or me, mm. we have nobody to take care of the kids because we're not going to like put our parents in danger. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but physically... After this, after my labor, um, I ended up with so many infections. I was on antibiotics for four months, and that had never happened to me with none of my births. Oh, my God. It was like I said, this was my worst delivery hospital experience that I had ever had. I know everybody was scared. I, I totally understand that everybody was in the midst of chaos. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I just felt like. I was there, but nobody was paying attention. I don't know if that makes any sense, Mm. but it's just, everybody was so afraid that it was like, well, you know, and then after, after my delivery, I like, I know this is probably TMI, but you know, I was already crowning Mm -hmm. and I wasn't even in pain about the crowning. I literally felt like I was like my left ovary was being ripped out of my body. I'm like, I'm not even in pain for the crowning. And the nurse is like, well, and I was like, no, I was like, I feel like something's ripping inside is all I kept telling her. Mm. And it was like, well, you know, it's like, sorry, baby's coming. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and after that, I don't know, I just every time, you know, I went back for a postpartum checkup, there was another infection and another infection and another bacteria. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything different. You know, Mm. it's not my first rodeo and one antibiotic after another, after another, after another, until four months later, it finally cleared. So happy to have that behind me. (laughs) Yeah. That's so crazy that like all of that is happening and, you know, in the midst of pandemic. And like you said, it's not your first rodeo. So like, what the hell was going on there? Who knows? I think just the inability, I think, to I don't know about you guys, but our, like, we were not able to see our doctors in person. Right. (laughs) Everything became these, like, weird virtual appointments, which is great. I will say in some aspects, I love not having to go in. Mm -hmm. Um, And because when I go, I literally travel with, like, my whole zoo in tow. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, but it virtually, it's like, how do you explain that, like, you feel like something's off, Mm -hmm. but you don't know what is off. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's hard when they can't like, you know, check all the like little parts that they check that you don't even understand what's, ha- what's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's so hard. I'm glad you got through that. But man, that is that is tough. That is a tough recovery for sure. Thank God it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is there anything you're looking forward to right now? I mean, you know, you're your youngest is turning one, which is really exciting. And, you know, I, do you feel like it's, you're kind of like, oh my God, we made it through this year. 
Yeah. Yes and no, I think. I, I'm super excited that she's turning one. It's also really sad because it marks the end of her infancy. Mm-hmm. But um, we're going to do a drive-by birthday, which I'm kind of over those two at this point. Oh. It'll be all, all my kids will have experienced a second pandemic birthday, which is not fun. Yeah. And it's hard, too, because the majority of their friends are already kind of living a normal life, let's say. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Doing play dates and sleepovers and all this, and and we're not. So I'm sure that my kids are like, "What's wrong with my mom?" <laughs> but um, you know, I'm excited to see what the year has in store. It definitely started off like an extension of 2020, which was a little scary. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to some much needed change. We are hoping um, to surprise the girls with a our first trip to Disney this year. (gasps) So pray for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've never done it, but I was like, you know, I I pulled the trigger on it because I was like, there's just, life is just so uncertain Mm -hmm. that I think I want to focus more on experiences than anything else moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping to not tell them until we arrive at the airport. Oh my God. (laughs) That's our goal. That is our goal. And I am horrible at keeping secrets. (laughs) Oh my God, me too. I know. I like surprised my husband with a really big, like awesome birthday present for his 31st. And ever since I have not been able to keep a secret. (laughs) Like literally, I think before Christmas or before Valentine's Day or something, I was like, do you want your present yet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I get so much joy in seeing them so happy that yeah. that's why I can't hold it in. I'm yeah. like, I know I'm horrible. Oh, oh, but that's that's amazing. I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll love that. And I will say, um, you know, because I'm in Florida, I have had a few friends that have like annual passes to Disney, and another mm-hmm. friend that has annual passes to Universal. And both of them, when they've gone, they've actually raved about how safe the parks feel. You know, I mean, it's oh, you should see me doing all this research and googling. <laughs> And I joined so many different moms groups Mm -hmm. for us. I know a lot of uh, people are experiencing the pandemic, but don't have close family that have gotten sick. Right. For us, we are the only ones left in our entire family that's in the U.S. that has not gotten sick. I mean, my parents, my siblings, my in-laws, my uh, sister-in-laws, their children. So I'm like, this is why we don't see people. (laughs) Because they have all gotten sick. And like, you know, they don't have little ones. Mm -hmm. Their kids, I mean, their kids are now in like their late teens, early 20s. And I'm like, can you imagine if here I get sick and I need like three weeks in bed? I'm like, I just, who's going to take care of everybody else? Wow, that's, uh, that's so crazy. I, I actually don't have anyone in my family think think but thankfully knock on wood you know that's gotten sick yeah that's amazing i mean a terrible kind of amazing i guess that everyone i know but but sick. seriously and it's and i'm sure my in-laws think i'm crazy because i'm like i just don't want to see people and it's because i am seriously mm-hmm. just afraid of getting sick yeah and not even because i'm like oh i'm, I'm gonna pass away it's no it's i'm literally afraid because it's like Who's going to take care of my kids? Who's going to cook and clean? And I know it's like the silly and mundane things, but I'm like, it's just what keeps us functioning. Right. Right. Well, especially with, a, you know, with five of them, like it's so, it's so crucial and unfortunately does fall on us, especially as moms yeah. to take care of all that stuff. Oh man. I know. <laughs> wow. That's so exciting about Disney though. When are you guys going? 
So the plan is May 8th to the 14th. Wow. So it's coming. Mm-hmm. That's a good time, though, because it's, it's before, you know, school here in Florida lets out. So you'll be. Hopefully. Yeah, that's what I was looking into. And then also just before you guys get like obscenely like hot and humidity, right? Yes. Yes. May is a great time. April and May are like the perfect time to go for sure. And before it's like that really rainy season too. Oh, that'll be nice. And you know, and my, yeah, my, I think it'll be fun just to go to the happiest place on earth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Oh, that's exciting though. I'm sorry though, that you have to celebrate another birthday in, um, in quarantine and, and do the drive by and all that stuff. But Hopefully it'll be fun. Yeah. And I'm like, they'll, they'll look back and they'll, I'm like, yeah, how can you say that you lived through something so historical, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. And in this house, since there's so many, our birthdays, I swear, we're like taking over the whole calendar. <laughs> Ma- it's like March, April, May, June, and then October, November, December. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Me. no rest yeah, yeah yeah for sure yeah it's funny it's uh, in our house we have um not quite so many birthdays but we have you know there's like christmas and then my husband and i got married at the end of december and then we technically have nothing in january but then his birthday is like early february and then my birthday is you know end of march and then the baby is march 30th so it's like and our our anniversary yes. of when we met which is our anniversary that we actually celebrate is the end of April. So it's like the first four months of the year are, yeah, kind of, kind of the same thing. It's just like a lot of, a lot of stuff happening and very busy. I know. I feel like I'm constantly emailing out some kind of e-bite. I'm like, these people must think like, all I want to do is party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But I definitely feel you on what you said about, you know, focusing on experiences because that's kind of like all we have left and, um, yeah, that's definitely a big thing to think about. I think a lot of people have thought about that. You know, I, I don't know if you've seen like, um, or if you've read all the statistics kind of thing, but so many people are, have just like, you know, been moving out of the cities and, and trying to find like better homes and just like focusing on, you know, nature and being closer to nature too. It, it really makes me think that that's kind of a good thing. I think that we've learned in the pandemic is just to like get outside more. Oh, I totally agree. It's funny. My husband and I are also in the process. We're just thinking if if this is really the town we want to be in mm-hmm. or if we want to lo- like relocate. I mean, not even just to a different town, but to a different state, somewhere where, with better weather so that we can take advantage mm-hmm. of being outdoors mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are have been moving to to warmer climates because you can and, you know, it, it really, it, this weird time has been so horrible, right? Like the pandemic has been terrible mm-hmm. for the economy and for women and just for so many people, you know, people of color have really suffered and all that, all that, all that crazy. Definitely. Um, but, you know, but there has been like that, like you said, that silver lining of like, you know, we've gotten to spend some more time with our babies and, um, and, and in this way, like we've gotten to really re- reevaluate so much of what we want in life, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to keep you too much longer because we've been talking. Well, this is part two of talking. For half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to ask you one last question, um, sure. which is what is keeping you sane right now? And, you know, this can be anything like, you know, it can be like a self-care practice or a person or really like anything, but I'd love to hear what's uh, what's keeping you sane right now. 
honestly, I think my husband as crazy as that is. Oh. I know a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends are like, I am so through with it, but uh, my husband has, we've been together since we were kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally eighth grade, we've been together for 23 years. Wow. And, um, he has a tendency of just knowing when I've reached my emotional limit, like if it's okay, if I stop and cry for no reason and break down, mm-hmm. he'll be, he'll look at me and he'll just be like, well, he'll go wash the dishes or he'll, he'll mop or vacuum or he'll take care of the house. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And just give me my space to be in my funk so that then I can get better. And I, it's like so needed and appreciated. Yeah, that's uh, that's so amazing that you've, I mean, first of all, congrats on being together for so long, but it, it's also so amazing that he knows you so well, right? Yeah, no, totally. It's just, I always tell him, I'm like, I, I love it because, you know, I'm like, sometimes I just look at the dishes and I want to set them on fire. So he knows <laughs> that he has to do it. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, Awesome. So where can people find you? Like, I know, obviously, you and I connected on Instagram. So do you want to share your Instagram so that listeners can uh, follow you in in your adventures too? Oh, absolutely. So my handle is at mothering in chaos. And I had a blog years ago, and I'm actually bringing it back this spring. um, And that's going to be motheringinchaos.com. And it's going to go live on March 20th. Oh, that's so exciting. Awesome. Okay. I'll definitely make sure to put all of that in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking to me. It felt really nice. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on here. And I'm so excited. And definitely, um, I am excited to see your blog. Awesome. I appreciate it so much. I could really relate to so much of what Nancy said. The part where she talked about how she both couldn't enjoy and could enjoy this past year and being with her baby and her daughters, I there's so much of that. And I think there's especially so much of that for those of us who became new parents during the pandemic. I mean, there have been silver linings and we've talked about with some previous guests about, you know, the silver lining of being at home and how nice that's been and it's still hard though, right? Because part of being at home is that you also are home because you're stuck and you can't get support. And while you get to see your baby more and it's really, really sweet, you're also just stuck and sometimes going crazy and can't get help. And it's really, really hard. I also related to what she said about not functioning well with all the uncertainty. And I'm glad that that actually led her to do homeschooling this year and that it's been going pretty well, it sounds like. I definitely don't function well with uncertainty. It's uh, definitely a symptom of my anxiety. And it's so nice to hear when people figure out how to handle their own stuff. So thank you so much to Nancy for speaking with me. If you want to follow and see how it's going with her five daughters, make sure you follow her on Instagram at motheringinchaos. And as always, remember... You are not alone. Tune in next week for another honors conversation about the challenges and joys of being a pandemic mama. In the meantime, feel free to email me with your pandemic parenting questions at pandemicmamapod at gmail.com. Plus, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pandemicmamapod for more updates. Also, I would really appreciate your ratings and reviews. As a new podcast, this is one of the best ways to get the word out about these stories. So please scroll down in your favorite podcast app, rate us five stars, and share a comment. Thank you. 
Pandemic Mama is produced and hosted by me, Irina Gonzalez, with art by Chaotic Coco, music by FM underscore free music on SoundCloud, and editing by the best of husbands and best of men. I'll talk to you soon. Stay sane and stay safe.